drinking a glass of wine and talking. Mom was straight in front of me, facing him with her back to the sink. Dad didn't really look in my direction as my sneakers squeaked across the tile floor, but kept talking, as if he didn't notice the sudden electric charge in the air, as if he didn't know that his younger daughter had been missing somewhere in the California suburbs for the better part of four hours. Clearly, he hadn't been informed. I walked to the fridge as casually as I could, my pounding heart muffling Dad's words in my ears. Mom locked eyes with me. A look passed over her face, a mixture of relief, anger, and what I chose to interpret as a shred of respect. What are you doing? She asked in a voice laced with so many other questions. Who was going to tell on whom? I'm hungry. I'm going to take a sandwich to the TV room. Drunk with fear and triumph, I felt my fingers tremble as I smeared peanut butter on an English muffin. I hated the prospect of cold bread, but I didn't have the stomach to wait 50 years for the toaster to work. I slapped a lid on my sandwich and walked out of the room before my legs could crumble beneath me. No, I was not Tiffany. I was not the same. This was half my life. When we were at home, my sister and I lived in a state of constant wariness, always reading Mom's mood and bracing for impact when that mood turned ominous. She was mercurial, domineering, but also devoted. She took her job of molding us into outstanding examples of young American girlhood, very seriously. And she brooked no nonsense when we resisted her efforts. We were treated to riding lessons skating lessons, the best schools my parents could afford. But her vigilance was also a leash, one she could pull tight enough to strangle. In the other half of my life, Mom and I were allies. She had established for both Tiffany and me thriving careers as child actors, and in that context her ambition for us, her unrelenting desire to see us succeed and release our family from the banality of middle-class life, felt more like a warm rush of motherly support. When Mom and I worked together, we were an unbeatable team. The other kids wasted their gas, was the rallying cry I invented for auditions. The routine was the same. Mom would pick me up from school, Oshkosh overalls hanging in the right rear car window, paired with a white blouse with a Peter Pan collar, Add red bows to the ends of my long braids, and that was the uniform that had landed dozens of rolls already. When I saw the outfit swinging in the window, I knew I had no choice. It was time to shine. But I also knew I would be treated like a princess to make sure I was prepped and happy to perform. The routine had given birth to a natural competitive spirit. I wanted to win. The pushing, the priming had taken hold. I loved to succeed. In school, at auditions, anywhere Mom wound me up and set me loose. On one unremarkable afternoon, just weeks after I'd been thrown out of the car, the day's audition was for a part in a successful television show, set in Midwest in the 1800s. We went through the usual motions, show up, sign up, wait with a dozen other eight-year-olds to be called in, and ask to read a few lines of script. But this time, as Mom sat beside me, she seemed unusually alert and expectant.
When I came out of the audition, she was particularly solicitous, which perversely made me hold back. Was Michael Landon in the room? Her eyes were wide with hope. I had no idea who that was. Clearly the right answer was yes, but why not make her work a little? Who is that? I asked. You know, brown, curly hair, handsome. This meant nothing to me. He's Pa, she exclaimed. I honestly didn't know whom she was referring to. I was still trying to figure out why the people in the audition room had made me speak the way they did. Who says reckon? The day I won that part may have been the highlight of Mom's life. Our two years on Little House on the Prairie were without question her happiest. There was no reason for me to talk back or for her to take a scissor to my favorite shirt in front of me.